Hello everybody, this is Zoe of DareQueens.com. I am coming to you with season two of the Dare Queens podcast. I know podcasts don't usually have seasons, but I took a little break for a while and I have restructured a few things. So I wanted to come back with something new and fresh for y'all to digest. So let's jump in. I wanted to begin what I am dubbing season two of this podcast with a topic dedicated to Dear Queen's redirection. For those aware, I started the brand under the premise of encouraging women to tap into their queendom. And while catchy, not many people understood what that truly meant. I spoke a lot about self-love and self-worth, and while it was fulfilling, it really was only the surface of the work that I wanted to do and the ways in which I wanted to inspire women. I have since rebranded, and I did little air quotes, um, in a way for this brand to be dedicated to inspiring women towards wholeness and all the variations of whatever that may mean to them. I recognize that there was dire importance in embracing the lessons we experience, healing, freeing, and redeeming ourselves through those experiences, and pursuing completion and confidence in the midst of it all. Because of that, I shifted my focus a bit to use my personal narratives and spiritual principles to inspire women to pursue wholeness. With that in mind, I think it's critically important to spend this first episode briefly dissecting wholeness, what it is, how it affects us, and how to pursue it. However, uh, before we do that, I really want to briefly address the new structure of this podcast. Um, as I mentioned a few moments ago, I am really focusing on wholeness and encouraging women towards that wholeness. And as you will hear later in this episode, wholeness is an actual pursuit. Um, it takes self-work. It takes intention. And part of that is making habits out of some of the things that we must do to better ourselves. Keeping that in mind, I'm going to start each podcast episode with an intention and a focus. These are going to be the two things that I am dedicating my time and energy to uh, deliberately recognizing and living through for that point in time. Um, I am hoping that doing this will push you to do the same, setting intentions and affirmations and being dedicated to live them each day, week, or month, however often you choose to set them for yourself. I'm also hoping that this serves as a point of self-reflection for you as you identify ways to better yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically. Some of these intentions may be deep, some may be very surface level. Regardless, they will be relevant for me at various points in my life. I encourage you to do the same for yourself. However, if you can't think of any, feel free to adopt mine and use them to guide your behaviors, your attitudes, and your emotions each week, each two weeks, each month, however often or however long you want to reflect on them. Um, after setting the intention and focus of the podcast, I will then go into the podcast topic, which is typical. Um, if you have been listening for a while, the topics will differ, but they will all have consistent themes of self-worth, uh, purpose, um, self-love, wholeness, all that wonderful stuff that we just really need to 
put more attention to as we navigate our lives. Um, And then lastly, I will end each podcast with a note of how I exhibited or practiced whatever the topic was for the day. Um, I may share a story of some sort, a corny joke, a prayer, or whatever else I feel led to end with. I'm hoping that in doing so, you'll be willing to reflect on things similarly. So whatever the topic of the day is, I'm hoping that at the end of the podcast or before the new episode, you'll be able to reflect on how you can or have applied the message to your life. And lastly, and most importantly, I am putting the Dear Queens podcast on a schedule. Yes, I know in the past I have recorded and published whenever I felt led to. And while that has worked for me, I do want to start practicing more consistency. With that being said, you will have a new Dear Queens, the podcast episode every 1st and 15th of each month. Yes, that's right. You'll be able to look forward to two podcast episodes each and every month. This will hopefully give you something to look forward to, um, almost like your paycheck, only this will be deposited into your spiritual account rather than your checking or savings. So again, look forward to new Dear Queens, the podcast episode every 1st and 15th of the month. Now that we covered that, let's get started. So my intention for the next two weeks will be while attempting to live life more abundantly, I will honor the abundance I am already experiencing. What that means to me is that while I am in pursuit of a more abundant life, I will recognize the abundance that I already have. My focus, which is how I intend to do that, is to appreciate the abundant yet often underrated blessings that already exist in my life. Some of those are having a steady income, having a roof over my head, having food in my mouth, having clothes on my back, having friendship, love, and being in my right mind, having good health, and much, much more. Oftentimes, we ignore this abundance and think that it is our right. Um, We feel entitled to having these blessings, and we really do uh, underestimate how meaningful and impactful they truly are for our lives. God doesn't owe us a thing, yet he continues to provide for us in ways that we don't deserve. And so in these next two weeks, I am dedicating much of my time to recognizing that and honoring the abundance I already have while pursuing more abundant living. Feel free to embark on that intention and focus with me or set your own and let me know what you're dedicating your two weeks to. Um, Hit me up on Twitter at ZDearQueens and share your intentions. Moving on, today's podcast topic is a pursuit of wholeness. And as mentioned previously, I have shifted the focus of Dear Queens to not just talk about tapping into one's queendom, but about inspiring women toward wholeness. And I would be remiss if I didn't briefly chat about what wholeness actually is. I'll never forget the first time I truly felt broken. It was around 2011 or so. This was about four years after my first love and I had called it quits. I was in a situation with this guy I went to college with uh, who doubled as my best friend and my my worst enemy. Um, And at that time, for me, best friend was code for... Yeah. Anyway... (laughs) 
Um, he would say things jokingly that affected me in ways I couldn't even express. And it was hard to express it particularly because we forged our friendship around those jokes. We would talk so much junk about each other and other people and our humor connected us in ways that I couldn't even explain. And so while we were making those jokes about each other, there came a point where his jokes became my truth. And before I knew it, I was adopting his thoughts of me for me. Though they were only supposed to be jokes, there's only but so many times that you have to hear something before you start to believe it. And so I started to believe the things that he was saying and I started to internalize them internalize them. Um, My worth and esteem were tarnished, though I could never show it. I felt like I had to just constantly rebut with another joke. He hurt me. I had to hurt him back. I walked around like his jokes didn't bother me. I came back at him with better jokes and we continued our relationship joking on others as well. But... (laughs) Each joke he told forced me to look at myself very, very differently. It took a little while for me to reconstruct myself after that. I recognized at a point that what we were doing was incredibly unhealthy. Now, don't get me wrong. There were parts of our relationship where we were able to be serious and talk about real life things and we were there for each other, but I could never ignore or let go of the many things that he said about me that were still replaying in my head. Because of this joking, I became obsessed with weight loss and guilted myself into watching what I ate. Not because I was unhealthy, but because he made me feel fat and ugly and not up to par. Girl, it was a lot. I think it's important to note that at this time, I was about 5'9" maybe about 155 or 160 pounds, which looking at any scale is not nearly overweight. The following few years after finally cutting ties, I dove headfirst into spirituality, purpose, and identity. I recognized that I tore myself down so much at the hands of those jokes that I really needed something serious to repair me. And so I allowed God to pull me out of the mess I found myself drowning in of self-loathing. And I began my pursuit towards wholeness. What is wholeness? Wholeness is a state of mind. It's how you recognize and you appreciate your identity. Wholeness has very little to do with your circumstances. It doesn't mean that your situation is perfect or that your life is flourishing, but it means that your identity isn't wrapped up in the fluidity of these things. An incredible writer I follow, shout out to Ashley LaTruly, hey girl, um, posts a question on Twitter asking, how would you define yourself if not by your worldly accomplishments? Her words were, if you could not mention your profession, anything you own, who you know, where you live, any awards, etc., how would you answer the question, who are you? I thought it was an incredible question because it gets right to the idea of wholeness. Who are you without these things? Who are you without those titles, without those associations, without those organizations backing you? Who are you at your core? 
Who are you when the lights are off and all you're left with is who you really are? Who is that person? See, wholeness is that person. Wholeness is recognizing your identity outside of the temporariness of our worldly attributes. It's the feeling of completion with or without the things. It's knowing who you are, understanding how your experiences have shaped that person, and being healed through self-work from the injuries those experiences may have caused. Wholeness, to me, is complete wellness, mind, body, and soul, self-acknowledgement of value, worth, love, and power, and healing, freedom, and redemption through Christ. I learned that after my own journey, that wholeness has absolutely nothing to do with your position in life and everything to do with your identity in Christ. Why is wholeness so important? Your wholeness and conversely your brokenness impacts how you interact with people, how you respond to issues, and how you navigate conflicts. If you're insecure, you may think that nearby whispers are about you and will thus respond negatively to those whispering. If you're unhealed from a previous relationship, you may think that all relationships will end the same way. And if you struggle with rejection, you may have a hard time making friends. In the same regard, your proximity to wholeness will yield different responses to those same circumstances. If you're secure, what people are whispering about may be the least of your concerns. If you're healed from a past relationship, you'll be ready and willing to embark on a new quest toward love with a potential partner. And if you're okay with rejection, you'll be okay with the pursuit of creating new friendships. More times than not, our reactions to situations and circumstances are a result of how whole or incomplete we feel inside. This is why it's so important to you, for you to be complete and secure in who you are as an individual. I have been living this idea of operating in fullness this year. And what it has meant to me was recognizing who I am and what my identity is and operating in the completion of that identity. A lot of times when we respond to things or we feel some type of way about certain things, it's because we are operating in a state of lack. And so we recognize and highlight what we're lacking. We highlight the things that are not a part of our identity and we act out in the ways that highlight those things. But operating in fullness means operating in that wholeness. It means walking into spaces and understanding your place in that space and navigating yourself with that at the forefront. It means not doing things out of deficit, rather out of joy and fulfillment. Not responding to things out of fear, but out of fullness and understanding. Operating in fullness means putting your time and energy only into the things that matter most to you. It's being intentional about your use of your resources, be it energy, time, money, um, services, if you offer any of those, um, advice, counsel, and things like that. It's not about proving yourself or pursuing validation as so many of us who are insecure do, but it's about truly living and being and owning who you are and acting in ways that support that identity. And so when you operate in fullness, not only will you be 
more intentional about the ways in which you respond to conflict and the ways you assess certain situations, but you'll also be intentional and selective about the things you allow to consume you. Uh, For example, when you operate in fullness, you won't thirst for friends or relationships. Rather, you'll pay attention to those you lend your time to. You will understand the purpose of each of your associations and you'll navigate yourself accordingly. You'll know that some friends won't be your best friends. Uh, Some friends won't always be there for you, but perhaps in your purpose, you are meant to be there for them. You'll recognize that you don't have to chase after people to form relationship or friendship with, but that the people that you are meant to connect with genuinely will find you. Uh, When you operate in fullness, you won't jump at the first job opportunity you get. Rather, you'll carefully weed through to find the best opportunity for you. You won't just do things to do things or say things to say things for validation or acceptance or anything else, but you'll carefully identify what does and doesn't deserve your time. You'll say things with power and firm declaration. You'll trust and believe yourself and your ability. And you'll react to things in a way that further push you to becoming the woman you ought to become not some false woman that you want people to believe that you are. Wholeness not only affects the way you deal with conflict and situations, um, nor does it just affect what you lend your energy and resources to, but it also impacts how you carry yourself, how confident you are, how well you take care of yourself, how dedicated you are to improving the quality of your life, how committed you are to being self-aware and bettering yourself. It affects the ways in which you deal with yourself, the efforts you put into healing yourself, and the energy you spend empowering, uplifting, and developing yourself. If you feel worthless, you'll spend little time and energy with yourself right? You won't want to be alone. You won't want to dive into who you are and assess the things that are currently going on in your mind. Instead, you'll run from it, right? But if you feel confident and whole and valuable, then you'll put more effort into growing into the woman you ought to be. You'll no longer run from yourself. Rather, you'll find enjoyment in sitting with who you are and identifying who, you, who that woman is and recognizing ways to make her better, And doing the work and spending the time to actually do that, to become better. When you're whole and you operate in wholeness and fullness, you recognize that you are already complete and that everything else is a complement and an extension of the person you already are. And so you don't rely on circumstances or situations to completely complete you. Rather, you understand that you are complete already. And you operate in that power and in that value and in that worth and in that completion. What are the benefits of wholeness? The top one for me would be feeling of completion and full comfortability with self. Uh, One of the things I take pride in most is that no one can tell me anything about myself that I do not already know or haven't already owned. All the things I've done, felt, said, encouraged, experienced, it has already been digested. 
I've already healed from it, grew from it, learned from it, been redeemed through it. And because of it, I don't wallow in shame. Rather, I delight in how those experiences or mistakes have shaped my life and served as a form of completion for the woman I am now. I recognize that I wouldn't be where I am without having had those moments. And so I own them. I take full ownership of every mistake that I have ever made. And because I have done the work towards wholeness, I don't feel any shame for them. I can own them. I can reflect on them. I can even respect them. And that's beautiful because that means no one else can use those moments against me. No one else can turn those mistakes against me and use it for for their benefits. I've owned them. I've claimed them. And I'm okay because of them. Another benefit is confidence. Again, when you operate in fullness, you, you know who you are. You know your identity in Christ. You know what you were created to be. And you recognize that no one can take that away from you. And so you walk and live and breathe with this new sense of confidence that this is who I am and I am comfortable with this person and in the areas that I am not, uh, in the areas that aren't, aren't desirable to me, not to, not to them, but to me, I am working to be better. And that's a comforting uh, feeling of confidence. That's a satisfying feeling of confidence. Another benefit of wholeness is having better relationships, knowing how to effectively respond to conflict. And uh, and that's important, but also not being insecure enough to allow minute situations to grow into larger ones that can impact negatively your relationships. It's huge. We know that insecurity can kill relationships and friendships faster than they were ever born. And so being whole and understanding your wholeness and being secure in the person that you are limits and prohibits in many ways the insecurities that you are portraying and displaying in those relationships. When you're secure, you don't feel like you have to compete with the people around you, especially not your friends. When you're secure, you understand your value. Um, When you become okay with who you are, you're able to become okay with the people that you're surrounded by. So often we impose our own insecurities onto those around us. And so because we are not comfortable being ourselves. We don't want other people being comfortable with who they are either. And so other people's full comfortability and full expression of themselves bother us. We start to judge them, right? But when you're whole and you're secure and you're operating in fullness, you're okay with people who are operating in their full expression. We are okay with the people who are doing what they want to do and making the decisions that best fit their lives because we do the same for ourselves and so we understand. So instead of scoffing at their full expression of themselves, we too begin to enjoy and live in our own full expression of self. You have certainty in your existence. You're not questioning who you are or why you're here. You know that. 
because you've taken the time to do the work to identify your identity and you are comfortable and secure and full in that. How do you pursue wholeness? If there's anything I can leave you with for pursuing wholeness, it'd be the following. First, do a self-inventory. It's incredibly important to understand where you feel less than, to identify what your triggers are, as those triggers are typically places that still need nurturing and healing, and to understand your insecurities and how deeply rooted they may be. Not everything is on surface level. Not all of your insecurities and feelings of inferiority is because of something that happened to you yesterday or last year. Some of these things go deep. They go into childhood. They go into things you may have learned in grade school. They go into experiences you may have had in college that you didn't know would even still affect you to this day, but they do. It's critically important to dig deep and identify what the causes of some of these thoughts are. You do yourself a disservice by constantly avoiding the self-work that requires evaluation and reflection. Though you may be fearful of what you find, you will never grow without confronting those parts of yourself. It's incredibly important to sit with yourself in thought, play music, do whatever helps you to dig deep and pull out those parts of yourself that you have buried because that is where the pursuit of wholeness begins. Next is to start small. One of the best things I have done for myself when unlearning the jokes that I considered to be truth um, was to take small steps. Each day, I would say something to uplift myself. Each day, I would do something to make myself proud of me and who I was. Each day, I would dedicate time to reading something empowering. All of these things may seem really small, but they do matter. Dedicate yourself to taking one step each day that contributes to your wholeness. Cut someone off if they're detrimental to your growth or if they make you feel insecure. Say no to something that you don't want to do. Say something empowering to yourself each morning. Stop talking about how much you want wholeness or how inspired you are to pursue it and start doing the little things that will make large impact in that pursuit. Make those small decisions that dedicate the evening to self-reflection. Focus your mind on doing work that's meaningful to you, whether it's at work or in your spare time. Decide to use your power to be light rather than to dim your light. Say yes to new things that you've been wanting to try but have been too embarrassed to admit that you love. Jot down one thing you love about yourself each and every day. Recall one memory each day that may not be your fondest. Write down one mistake each day and then forgive yourself for it. This is the part of the work that feels more attainable. It's like writing a bunch of smaller line items down on your to-do list rather than just one large project that might just overwhelm you because you're not quite sure of how much work has to go into it. And so when you read the project title, (laughs) your anxiety spirals out of control. 
Do a few things each and every day. And as each day progresses, those small things will become second nature to you. They will be ingrained in your daily movement. (laughs) You will not be able to carry on without doing those things. And that is how you train your mind and your heart to be more compassionate and kind to yourself during the pursuit. It also gives you practical steps to pursuing wholeness because one day you will be there and you might just not realize how much those small steps helped you to arrive there. The next is believe in the work and do the work. It's really easy to not think that wholeness is coming. It's really easy to not think that you can be healed, but the fact is that you can. And it's not enough for me to say it to you. You have to believe it yourself. You have to truly feel that the work that you're doing will pay off. You have to truly believe that the work that you're doing is worth it. You have to truly believe that the work that you're doing will reap major benefits, some of which you cannot even imagine. You'll not, you will not pursue wholeness if you're not honest with yourself about what it means, where you're lacking, and the work you have to do. It won't fall in your, hat, in your lap, and it won't just appear in your life. You have to actually do the work and believe in the work that you're doing. And lastly, commune with God. I am a faith-based blogger, so y'all knew this would be coming. (laughs) For me, in my own journey, God has revealed so many things about myself to me. Um, Areas where I thought I was cleansed, was not. Um, It's important. It's so important to commune with God so he can highlight these things for you, so he can... uh, Put a light on the darkness in your heart. Bring them to light so that you can then heal through them. It's important to commune with God because he is also the healer, right? And so there are some things where for those of you who go to therapy, they can be revealed. But there are also some things that will only be revealed in your time with God. That has been a lot of my story. I have tried to pursue therapy, um, though many people told me I didn't need it and only you can make that distinction. But I've tried to pursue therapy and I haven't found a therapist that worked for me. I've tried to find counsel in friends and family and that hasn't worked for me either because there are things in my life and in my heart and in my mind that cannot be revealed without God. There are things in my heart and my mind that could have only been revealed in the divine timing that God allowed them to be revealed. And so it's so important to form that relationship with God so that he can highlight these things, so that he can bring them to your attention. They say the word is like a mirror showing you parts of yourself that need work. And the Holy Spirit serves as conviction. But you won't understand how to apply either of those if you're not communing with God. So definitely take the time to do that. There is no one path to pursuing wholeness. This list is not all-inclusive. It does not nearly encompass everything that you can do um, or all of the steps that you can take to pursuing wholeness. You may go through various parts of the journey that was different from mine. You may experience steps uh, that you'll have to do over and over and over <laughs> again. Things may not even go in the order that I mentioned them here. Um, 
they may be so discombobulated. The important thing, though, is that you open yourself up to doing and having faith in the work that's being done. Because wholeness is attainable, and you owe it to yourself to be whole in your identity. So the next time you use your title or your job description or your relationship status to define who you are, I want you to think bigger than that. I want you to dig deeper and to consider your existence. I want you to understand your identity in new ways, your purpose, and tap into who you truly are as a child of the Most High God. I'm sure you'll be amazed at who you find underneath the masks you've been using to define yourself. But there is no pressure if you can't do all of that right now. Dear Queens, the podcast was created to bring you closer and closer to wholeness. Episodes will span from things like navigating your workplace, nurturing friendships, manifesting greatness, and etc. All things that I'm hoping can inspire you towards wholeness and give you practical ways to operating in the fullness we discussed in this episode. So don't worry if you feel like you didn't get everything you needed to pursue wholeness today, because there is tons more to come. I promise you. So because this is the first episode of this new season of the podcast, I don't have a story to share based on last week's intention. Um, So on June 15th, you will hear a story or a joke or something about the intention I set this week. However, what I do want to do is read to you an excerpt from a book that I'm currently reading. This book is really what got me meditating about wholeness and really thinking about wholeness for what it truly is. Um, And this particular chapter that I'm going to read from really did hone in on the idea of fullness, which is something I mentioned earlier. So the book is titled Uninvited, Living Loved When You Feel Less Than, Left Out, and Lonely. It's by Lisa Turkhurst, and I may have butchered her last name, so forgive me. Um, And I'm reading from chapter four, which is Alone in a Crowded Room. And it says... um, Here's the secret shift we must make. Do I walk into situations prepared with the fullness of God in me, free to look for ways to bless others? Or do I walk into situations empty and dependent on others to look for ways to bless me? People prepared with the fullness of God in them are not super people with pixie dust sparkles of confidence oozing from the pores from which normal people simply sweat. They aren't the ones who walk into a room with the boisterous, hey, 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 the party can start now because I have arrived. And they certainly aren't the ones who circle the room, making sure their agenda is the agenda for every conversation. No, the fullness of God is tucked into the sacred places within them. The full taking in of God is their soul oxygen. It's not that they don't need people. They do. God created them for community. But the way they love is from a full place, not from an empty desperation. As we talked about in the last chapter, they are truly living loved. And then I'm going to skip down a few paragraphs and it says, being full of God's love settles, empowers, and brings out the best of who we are. On the other hand, the more full of the flesh we are, the more we grab at anyone and anything to fill that ache for love and acceptance. To me, that is 
everything. That is wholeness in its entirety. When you are full with the power and essence and spirit of God, you operate from that place of fullness. You operate from that place of love and empowerment and encouragement and joy and peace and happiness. However, when you are full with the flesh, that's when you start grasping at anything you can to fill the voids that you do not want to recognize are there. And so operating in fullness truly means putting on and living through God's love and validation of you and acceptance of you. And that is it. That is completely it. And that is completely all you need. And so I want to allow you to meditate on that. I'm going to say the last line one more time because it was just so powerful for me and I really did meditate on that for a while. And again, it reads, being full of God's love settles, empowers, and brings out the best of who we are. On the other hand, the more full of the flesh we are, the more we grab at anyone and anything to fill that ache for love and acceptance. Y'all, get right, be full. I really do love that part of the book. That's my favorite chapter of the book, and I read it frequently. It's part of the reason why I can't get past where I am now because I keep rereading that. So I hope that blessed you in some type of way. And again, next week, I will share a story or a narrative or someone else's story about this week's intention. This was a long one, but I thank you for sticking with me. Again, I just wanted to just dive into wholeness and what it means and some ways in which Dear Queens is hoping to inspire you uh, towards wholeness. I hope in some type of way you were able to take something away from this. I hope that if nothing else, you can walk away with good intentions and focus for the next two weeks, um, something to live your life by. And if you are going to do this with me, feel free to share your journey of intentionality and focus with me on Twitter at ZDearQueens or shoot me an email. I love to hear from y'all. Z at dearqueens.com. I will check back with you on June 15th. I will be talking about the power of words. So let's get each other together and make this happen. I hope you have a great, great evening. See you in two weeks.